Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. Good morning. It is good to see all of you here this morning. Uh, For those of you that are here every single week, For those of you that may be new to our church community, thank you so much uh, for being here. Like Ethan said, uh, my name is Galen, and if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I would love to uh, after the service to get to know you a little bit more, your story, uh, what it is that you're looking for spiritually, and hopefully as you continue to uh, come and be a part of this Christian community, we point you to Jesus, and that you would find him and you would find hope and life in him. So thank you for being here today. Let Let me pray for us as we begin. Would you join me in prayer? God, I thank you for today. Thank you for each person that is here, those in the room and those who may be joining online as well. God, I know that you know each and every person in the state of their heart today and what it is that they need. God, would you encourage them? Would you strengthen them? Would you give them health? Would you give them life? God, for every one of us, just uh, before we look at your word, before you look what you would have for us today, we simply wanna say thank you. To pause for just a moment, and recognize that Jesus, that you are the one who gives us life. We're thankful for the gift of the church, this community where it doesn't matter who we are, what we've done in the past, but God, you say that we are welcome. You tell us to come as we are, to experience your love and your grace, to be changed and transformed, and to experience a family together. God, we thank you for this gift of one another that we have. Now in these next few moments, as we do look at the scripture and what I believe uh, it is that you want me to share today, God, would you move people to respond to you? And as they do, would they grow closer to you and in their new life with you? We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, if you are new with us today, um, you might see this foundations. This is the last week of six of um, looking at the foundations of our church. What is our mission? Who are we? Even this local church, what is it that we're all about? How do we participate in life together with one another? For so many of you that are newer to our church, I hope it has been good and insightful. Who is this local church? What is it that they believe? What do they do together? And for those of you that have been a part of this congregation for years, the reminder of who we are and to lean in and participate in the life of the church together. We've been looking at the words of Jesus from Matthew 28. I hope, I've been reading this for six weeks in a row. I'm hoping you haven't memorized yet if you don't already. This is where Jesus tells the church, church, this is our mission. This is why we exist. We don't exist for ourselves, but to do what God has called us to do. Jesus gathers his disciples and says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you, even to the end of the age. As we've been looking at the foundations, we take this mission from Jesus. How do we as the church live this out in the world? 
looking at our mission, our culture, the baptism, the symbol of what has happened in each one of us, that we can die to our old selves and the old way of life and live now this new life in God's grace and love, to love God and love the world in baptism. And then looking at what does it mean to be a church of the Nazarene, that we are a church that exists for people that otherwise would not go to church. How do we participate in God's mission, both around the world and here? And last week, if you were here, the picture of communion together. How do we live life with God? How do we live life with the world around us? And today I wanted to end this series by talking about membership. For some of you that are new to the church, your first questions are almost always about communion, baptism, and then membership. What is membership? Why do we still practice membership? Isn't membership a thing of like churches used to care more about 30 years ago? Or like, what's the difference between a member and not a member? And we'll talk about a few of those things today. Uh, But I don't know about you, when you think about membership, what first comes to mind for you? Uh, I would assume it's uh, some club or email list that you're a part of that you're officially a member. Uh, if you're a member of, say, Starbucks, for example, and you're a Gold Star member, when you get your coffee, if you sit there, because of your member status, you get free refills all day long. Some of you didn't even know that. Now you do. You're a member, and something comes with that. Maybe you're a member of a gym, And that comes with its own privileges, and you get to go in where others may not. You may get special services. Um, Your membership status means something different. Uh, There was a friend, uh, part of the church, that invited me uh, to go golfing with him on this um, private golf course that he had an into. You have to be a member to get in there. And I have never been, I've never had an experience like this ever before in my life. And so uh, we, we drive up, and let me tell you, you drive up, and there's almost this, like, small little entrance. Like, you wouldn't even know it's there. You pull up, and you come in, and then all of a sudden, as you drive in, the gates of heaven open. And the sun shines just right. And you're like, what is this beautiful place? I actually paused for a moment, like, did we get in a car accident on the way here, and this is what entering heaven feels like? Is this it right now? Am I experiencing it? It was wonderful. I'd never been at a place like that. And honestly, I think everybody else there knew that, probably because I was walking around like, oh my goodness. Guys, have you seen this? Have you seen this? This is amazing. I feel like somebody's like, Galen, act like you've been here before. I'm like, but I haven't. I'm not a member of a place like this. You see, normally when we think about membership, we think about what's in it for me. Like if I'm a member of that, what is the privileges and perks of membership that I get? And I want to just be clear right from the very beginning, not even just of this local church, but any church, if you're a follower of Jesus, what does membership mean? It actually probably means the exact opposite. It's not like, oh, I signed the paper, I am now a member of First Naz, and now I get the chauffeured parking. What, there's chauffeured parking here? Yes, it's for members only. You pull up and somebody gets in your car and parks it for you, only for our members. No, that's not how, that's not how it works. No special parking spot, no special coffee, it's the same. Actually, to be a member of the church is the exact opposite. Today, I want to share with you a few different opposites or paradoxes of Jesus, which means it's something that feels opposite, but the more you look into it, the more that you find it's true. In membership, it's not what's in it for me. Actually, in membership, it's what's in it for other people. I've been struggling uh, with the symbol of when people join the church as members, what can I give them and I've, I've really struggled, and today I think I finally landed on it. I think when you become a member of our church, I should, when you sign on the line, I should, here's a towel. 
Like, well, Galen, that's not a towel. It's not very fancy. There's not very many. This is probably like the $8 one from Meyer, like the economy one. It's not a fancy one. This is literally the towels we use for baptism after you're baptized. Here, try it off. Why a towel? I started to think this way. When you're baptized to symbolize this old life, the sin is dead and gone, and now this new life in Jesus, this is the very first thing you touch. When you go down into the water and you come out and the church celebrates what God has done in your life and the new life, and you start to walk back out, someone hands you a towel. So first, I think it's the remembrance of your baptism. Wait a minute, the life I lived is gone. The life I now live, I live for Jesus. Jesus has forgiven me. He's given me grace and forgiveness, and this is the thing that symbolizes that moment. But secondly, why a towel? Because now as you live in that new life, we become a people of the towel. We say we follow Jesus, which means we should do the things that Jesus did. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he shared the meal, the communion we celebrated together last week. But do you know what he did before the meal? It says he took off his outer garment, he tied it around his waist. He knelt down, he took a bucket of water and a towel, and he washed the disciples' feet. He says, now that I have done this for you, you should also do this for others. So become a member of the church of Jesus. It's not so much what's in it for me. In fact, it's I'm here to serve. I'm here to be a person of the towel, to remember what God has done for me and to serve others. We see this when Paul is writing to the church in Ephesians. He says it this way, either way, Christ's love compels us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life, the picture of baptism. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life, what says this, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who was died and raised for them. So when we talk about what does it mean to live as a part of the community, the life of the church as a member, it's to say, wait, I'm a member of a family, and in every healthy family, each member has specific roles to play. I have a part to play as a part of the family, not to live for myself, but to live for others. And I just want to say this, too. I recognize as we talk about membership today, some of you may say, hey, Galen, I'm new to church. Maybe it's even my first time here, or I'm new back to church. I'm just checking this place out. I'm not really interested in, in membership or anything like that. Here's what I would say for you. Today, I want you to see that there are different principles that you can live out, even if you say you're far from God. And the first one is this. I want you to remember this. This is a verse from James. I believe it's a promise from God. It says this, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. The more you engage with the spiritual life, the things of God, his community, the more of God you will find. So even if you're like, I'm not interested in membership, I want you to see this principle at work here because I believe the more you get involved with God's church, the more you will find God there. This morning, I just want to roll through our covenantal practices of our members. These are the things that we expect that we expect of our members. There's a full membership class later that has question and answer if you've got questions on these things. Just quickly, the first is to attend. We recognize you are not a Christian just because you attend a church, but if you are a Christian, you should want to attend to get to know God more and experience Him. Yes, we expect our members to attend, but to be very, very honest, just showing up on Sunday is the very first step of the Christian life for all of us. We want to raise the bar on what does it look like to be a part of God's community. Coming and worshiping is a part of it, but it's just the beginning. And I want you to see that there is something for every one of us, not to just come and sit in rows and feel like we receive, 
but to contribute. In Ephesians 4, uh, when Paul is writing and he's saying, listen, there's gifts for the church. There's things that God has given for the whole church to be unified and be built up together, to come to such unity that people will know that we are God's loving body in the world. He says, we'll no longer be like immature children. We'll recognize what is true. And then he says these words. I want you to picture the local church when he says this. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And it says this, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. When I read that last line, this is what I want for our church, a church that is healthy and growing and full of love. Isn't that what we want? the world to know that we are loving, we love God and we love them. It's healthy, it's growing. This is what we want. But in order to get there, what does it say? As each part does its own special work. The biblical idea of church is this, that if each one of us isn't contributing, then the church is missing something. And even further, if I'm not contributing, then I'm actually missing out on something from God too. It says as each one does its own special work, it all fits together and every part grows. I'm not sure if you've heard of this phrase before. It's called the bystander effect, and this can often happen in churches, especially as they grow and as they are larger. And the thought is simply this. The more people that are in a room together, the easier it is for us to think, ah, somebody else will do it. Well, there's a lot of people here. I'm sure somebody's going to do that. In reality, the more that we think that way, the fewer and fewer people actually engage in doing anything. For us as a church, what would it look like if we flipped that mindset on its head? Instead of saying, oh, so, there's so many people here, someone will do it. And instead to think, if I don't do it, no one will. I got to lean in. I got to participate. I need to be a part of this so that the church can grow and be healthy and full of love. We attend, but more than that, we attend our life groups and we participate in community. We find connection, experience Christian community in our life groups. This can be similar to attending because we feel like we're receiving something out of it. But I want you to see that life groups eventually can become your family. This is the place of people that will pray for you, people that are in your corner no matter what, people that you can call when you need something, people that care for one another. When there's a surgery or a prayer request, we show up for one another. This is where we experience the smaller Christian community and the life of the church attending and life groups, and for members, we say serving. If you're a member, you're attending, you're in a group, but you're also serving somewhere. And I want to give you a silly picture of this today, and when you go home and you say, what was Pastor Galen doing there? I hope you remember it, and I hope you remember this point. We as Christians, this isn't just members of a church, as Christians should be a people of service. I think of service, I think of food, because I was a waiter for eight years, uh, I also think of my one-year-old Dawson. Some of you have seen my little baby, a uh, little tank of a red-headed baby just over 12 months old. Uh, and I went into his room and I stole the most beautiful bib you will ever see in your life. Can you see that? That's the most beautiful colors you'll ever see. Yes, I'm from Kansas, unapologetic Chiefs fan. Um, it's beautiful. Dirty? I don't think it's dirty. Or you just don't like it, and that's fine. Okay, you're entitled to your own opinion, that's fine. So I put this on my son, and have you ever fed a 12-month-old? You're like, got the spoon and the baby food. Well, it's actually when he was younger. You take the spoon and the baby food and, and you give it to him. And I remember because um, 
His, his head is red, but it's almost like orange because it's mixed, it's like a strawberry blonde. And I remember giving him sweet potatoes, like, here you go, buddy, here you go. And I made the mistake, third kid, I should have learned by now. But when you're giving him the food, don't make them laugh at the same time. Have you done that? So I like put the spoon in his mouth and he goes, <laughs> spits right back in my face. Thank you, Dawson, that's disgusting. Mix it in with your hair, we'll give you a bath later, it's fine. But we put this bib on him to feed him. In the spiritual life, at one point, Paul says, listen, there is a stage in your spiritual life when you come, and he says, some of you were like infants who we fed you spiritual milk. At the beginning, with a baby, it is the most natural, normal thing to give them milk. That is what health, what makes them healthy and grow. Yet when Paul is writing to the church, he says, yet, but by now, by this point, the longer you've been around the church, the more you've learned about Jesus. We don't need to revisit the elementary things. No, by now you should be eating meat. You should be eating steak. You're a full-grown adult. You need more than just milk to sustain you. I would also say I think there's something very similar. When you first come to church and you're just exploring, I need to know about this Jesus. I need to know about life. I have this issue in my life. Does God have something to say about that? It's very natural and normal to wear a bib. But can you picture a grown man walking around like this? Can you picture me standing at the front door? Good morning. How are you? I literally thought about it this morning. I was like, no, too many. Good morning. How are you? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. This isn't right. A grown, mature man should not be wearing a bib. Instead, I think we should be a people that move from a bib to an apron. Because here's the kicker. Some of us come in and we say, well, I want to eat. So if I want to eat, I want to have a bib on. I need to be fed. I'm here to be fed. And again, if you're at the beginning stages, that is more than fine. That's what we're here to do. But the more you grow up in Christ, the more you mature, you go from the bib to the apron. Because guess what? I was a server for eight years. You still eat. In fact, sometimes you get better food because you're back in the kitchen. But you're also serving others. We need to go from this mindset instead of like, what's about me and I need more and I need to get fed? Because let's be honest, let's just call it what it is. The longer you live with that mindset, actually the more empty you begin to fill. Because you're eating and you're eating and then you're hungry again. Or you eat too much and then you feel sick and you're like, I need more. It has to be more than this. When you go from the bib to the apron and you serve others, you're still getting fed. But then when you're serving, it's tied to purpose. Because as you're serving and you're participating in the eternal things for someone else, oh, let me help you, let me spoon feed you. I'm helping you take your first steps getting closer to Jesus. All of a sudden, serving has such purpose. How do we go from the bib to the apron? Like I said, being a server for so long, what if we served people in such a way like our income and our livelihood did not depend on it? Like when I waited tables, it was like I can make money and, you know, live. But what if we said, no, 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 my... Um, my life with Jesus is secure. I don't need anything else. Jesus has given me life. I don't need anything from you. But in the same way, I'm here to say, how can I help you? How can I serve you? What is it that you need? What would be helpful for you? That's what I'm here for. Biblically speaking, the church is a people of the apron. Every single one of us. And if we're not, then the church's health is missing out on something. How many of us today are more people of the bib? than the apron. If the church becomes more people with bibs on, that's when you see unhealth in the church. Well, I'm just here for me. It's like, what's in it for me? Instead, when we become a people of the apron, the watching world will see these are people who are loving, expecting nothing in return, because that's how Jesus loved us. And then they will see that's different than anything else in the world. So I want to know more about 
them. So we serve. And as members, as members, we talk about serving. And again, I would say this, it's not just for members. This is if you're a Christian, you live a life of service. For our members, we attend, we're in groups, we serve, and then finally, we give. And if you, and membership is really the line in the sand where you'd say this, I'm more than just attending, I believe in this place. I want to see this place move forward. I believe in the mission and vision. I want to be a part of it. I want to see God's kingdom advanced in and through this local church. I'm all in. So when we talk about giving, it is actually a very natural byproduct of that. For we all know this. We all invest in what we love. And Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I understand this isn't for everybody, depending on where you're at and your stage today. But when we talk about membership, it is the step of saying, I believe in this place. And so, of course, giving would follow that as well. And let me be very, very clear today. It's not like the church is, we're not starting a building campaign to go build and stuff. And if we keep growing, honestly, those things will come as we make room for more families. Today, this is about your heart. Because at the end of the day, God doesn't just want your time and your service or your finances. God wants you. And what God often does is point out the things in our life that stand between us and him. The things that we hold on tightly to and say, I don't know, God, I don't know about this. And God points to that and he says, well, is that then more important than I am in your life? When we become a people who give generously in all aspects of our life, then we find joy in Jesus as we live generously. And so as a church, we believe in the, or we practice um, the biblical practice of tithing or 10% of what we give, we give back to God, recognizing that maybe not everybody is at that step yet, but that is the goal for us. In fact, we give you these different steps as a helpful picture. In my own generosity, am I a first time? I've never given, but I want to. Am I in every time where I begin to think intentionally? Like, what's the plan for me? Or do I move to real time? And as we talk about members, we normally say real time and above. Real time is proportionally or thinking percentages wise. To say of our household income, what is a certain percentage that we are comfortable with? If people didn't grow up in church and aren't used to giving 10%, they may start at two or four, whatever that number is, and they give proportionally. Or then we move on to the lifetime legacy beyond 10% or special gifts to believe in God's work. As we're members, we lean in just as God freely gave to us. We advance uh, his mission in the world. All of this, I want you to see, all of this life groups, attending, serving, giving, is a different level of participation. In your own spiritual life today, would you say I'm four of four, I'm one of four, I'm two or four? Where am I at? And go ahead and go to the next one. Of these attending life groups, serving and giving, how many of those am I engaging in? I would say if you're engaging at four of four over the long term, you will find depth and growth and life with God. And I would also say this, especially for those of you who may be new. Again, I'm not interested in membership, but the level you engage with God is the level that you will receive spiritual life and life with God. So for all of us today, I want you to consider, do I just come to church? Do I just attend? Or am I actively involved in participating? I hope you're here today. I love it when you come. I love it when you experience God. But I want the depth, the level of depth for you that comes when you are more actively engaged. And then, specifically today and where our church is headed this fall, if you're a member, if you're not a member, I want to challenge you. Could you participate in our church like a member in the month of October? In just three weeks, we'll begin the month of October, and we have um, strategically targeted this month in order to try to reach new people 
for Jesus. We're going to begin the Your Family Matter series. For five weeks, talk about the life of our family. How do I parent in the world today? How do I be a grandparent? How do I love my kids? How do I love my family? Looking at very practical and specific things from the teachings of Jesus and how they play out in our family. We're gonna, and this is not just to save the date. This is for you to see how can I participate into. We're going to kick it off on October 8th with Food Truck Sunday. I know some of you absolutely love Food Truck Sunday. It's one of the few times of the year where we can say, hey, listen, we're not so big as a church that we can't get everybody in the same spot. So let's come to church together. Let's share a meal together. Let's spend part of the afternoon uh, not rushed, but getting to know one another, eating food together, talking, playing games with one another. So after the service, there'll be food trucks. Um, there'll be uh, little pony rides for the kids, a little petting zoo, inflatables for the kids to play on. Seating uh, will be provided in the building, but also we'll take lawn chairs up on the lawn. Some of you are here today because someone invited you to Food Truck Sunday last year or two years ago. And because of that one invitation, now you have tracked out your spiritual journey and closer to God today than you have ever been. So we'll kick it off with Food Truck Sunday. The very next weekend, we will have our Family Fall Festival on the 15th from 4 to 6. For those that are part of Nazarek, they'll come and get their trophies. But as a church, we are mixing our Nazarek community with our church family. Because we want our Nazarite community to see how good and loving our church community is. To share the same space together. To go through the trunk or treat, hopefully with 20 different cars lined up with candy. Paint some pumpkins, play some games. Spend a night of community together. And then the very next weekend, the parent, uh, helping parents win seminar on Saturday morning from 8.30 to 12.30. To invite parents into hey, we want to help you. We want to come alongside you. We want to partner with you as you parent your kid in today's world. Bringing in um, speaker and author Brock Morgan, uh, who come and share, how do we raise kids in the anxious society that we live in today? How can we best parent them? I hope you see that the entire month of October is the opportunity for us to reach out to serve our community to reach out to them. They may be the very beginning steps for them that they would get involved in the life of a community. Then they would get to know this Jesus who loves them, who can transform them by his grace and give them a new hope and future in their life. So here's what I want you to do. Here's the challenge. For the month of October, participate like a member. This year I've been telling the church, hey, I want to be a part of planting. We're going to plant little seeds even if we never see the fruit for it. So I want you to pray, invite, engage, and invest. Church, would you pray the month of October as a church. God, we've been praying for people to come to know you. Would you use the things that our church is doing for people to find this community, to find Jesus? Would you pray with us? Then invite. Man, if you've been praying for your neighbor and your neighbor has young kids, invite them to anything or everything. When you leave today, actually by the doors, you see this card and it has all of the events on it. Take a stack of 10 with you. And come back next week and get another stack of 10. Whether it's your barista, whether it's your server, whether the person in the drive-thru line gives you food and then you give them an invite. I don't even care if it's a red light and it's going to be red long enough. Jump out of your car, run to the car next to you. Here you go. You should come with me. That's right. Come sit. Whatever it takes. Because it seems silly, right? Oh, and Galen, you're crazy. You talk to everybody. You invite everybody. You know why? Because I've seen what Jesus can do. From a little single invite to see a family's life transformed, oh, it's important. So yes, we invite, we pray, we invite, we engage. Not, when we talk about engagement, it's life groups, and then it's serving. 
I would say during the month of October, what would it look like for you to step up in your service? And if you already serve in children's ministry, resale some of you. I'm so glad you're here this morning. I don't know how you're awake after you served all day, but you served then. You maybe you served in kids this morning and you're still here. But maybe in the month of October, we would step up our serving, especially if we are not engaged. When we respond today and we fill out that connect card, you're going to see, here's all these different positions that I could serve in for the month of October. What if I just picked one? You can choose as many as you want to. But how can I serve? If I'm going to be a part of this community, honestly, you will build relationships as you serve with other people. How can I contribute to what the church is doing? How can I serve? And then finally, if we're going to pray, if we're going to invite, we're going to engage, then the month of October, I would challenge you to invest. As we go back to the steps again, what would it look like for you to begin to trust God with my finances? Because here's what I would say, and here's a simple question as your pastor. Are you experiencing the joy of generosity? And you either know it or you don't. Do you feel like your mindset is more, I have to hold on to what I have? Or God, as I'm generous towards others, I'm experiencing the joy because I see how you're blessing others and I see the eternal difference you're making with what I am contributing. And to get very, very practical, and I would ask you to think through this as a family, to think through that real time, the proportion, the percentage. If I make $5,000 a month, 2% would be $100 a month, which is frankly less than most people spend on coffee a month. Or 5% would be 250. 10% would be 500. Or if you make, uh, think weekly, if that's easier for you. If I think $1,000 a week, 2%, it's $20 a week. Could I do that? 5% would be 50. 10% would be 100. And then by doing so, you say, God, I'm being obedient. I'm asking for your blessing in return as I'm living obediently to you. Or like Phil said last week, when we give, the, um, the benefit isn't necessarily in our finances, and often it is, and you'll see God work in your life. But it's on the spiritual side. We can stand before honest with God. God, I'm doing what you want me to do. I can stand before you honest and experience the joy of generosity. Would you engage with us in this month? Finally, as you look at the entire month as a whole, I would ask you to participate and engage at a different level. For everyone here today, and I want you to hear this, Right now, your life is perfectly set up to give you the spiritual results that you're experiencing right now. If you want something more, if you want something deeper, if you want more of God's joy, I need more of God's peace and contentment in my life, I need to experience more of God and his love, then that will require something different than what you're currently doing right now. Frankly, it will probably cost you to do something sacrificial. But if you do, then you can experience the kind of abundant life that Jesus talked about. If I want something more, then I probably need to do something differently. And I want that for you. I want Jesus to change your life, but it will require something of you. As we follow the Jesus who gave everything for us, can we do the same in return? Because here's what I want you to see. I want to wrap up with this last passage from 2 Corinthians 5, when Paul's writing about our participation in the church. I want you to see, am I a part of this kind of work in the world? He says, all of this is a gift from God. The grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, the new life, the fact that we get to even be a part of God's family, the fact that we have new futures and new hopes, everything we have from God is a gift who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sins against them. 
And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. We go into the world. We share that message with him. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Listen to this. God is making his appeal to the world. Well, God will talk to him. Well, no, what's it say? Through us, his church. So we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for sin, that we could be made right with God through Christ. Oh, the world, again, the bystander mindset, well, God wants to make himself known in the world. I'm sure he will use someone else. What if we reverse that mindset? If I don't do it, my neighbor may never find Jesus. If I don't do it, my coworker may continue to live in hopelessness. If I don't do it, that family may never experience transformation. God is making his appeal to the world, maybe even through me. Could we participate in what God is doing? Can we step up and step in during this month of October? Finally, I'll end with this, and this is for everybody today. The paradoxical way of Jesus. You will find love, not as you try to get love, but as you freely give it away. You will find purpose, not as you serve yourself, what's in it for me, but as you serve others. You will find eternal meaning as you participate in the things of eternity. And you will find abundant life as you give yours away. Today as we respond, I'm well aware we respond in very different ways around here. If you were here last week, it's a beautiful moment. We're around the table. Honestly, I was crying down there because I was looking out at you and you were crying and I could tell this was a meaningful moment where God was meeting us there. Some things when we respond to God are emotional and we sense him and we feel him and he is right here. Can I also tell you, our worship to God is also sometimes made by very logical decisions where even, even if motions are not there, where you say, God, I'm in. I'm gonna make a decision to make a change in my life. God, I am, I'm gonna be obedient to you. I'm gonna draw near to you, trusting that you're gonna draw near to me. Our God, I will serve because you serve me and I wanna lay down my life for the world. That is the same kind of worship and just as meaningful, if not more. So today as we respond, what I want to do is to give you the opportunity to say, I'm in. You can sign up for more membership and we'll have a question and answer together before you become a member. Or for the month of October to say, I'm in. I want to serve. So just as we told you earlier in the service to not fill out the Connect card, Connect card here's what I want you to do. Pull out your phone right now, wherever you are. Go ahead, pull it out. What I want you to do is either, if you already have the first NAS app, you're gonna click the Connect card. If you don't, if you're new to the church, but even serving is a great way to get involved in the community, you see the QR code on the seat back in front of you or on the screen. And if you scan that and you click Connect card, on the Connect card you write in your name and right under that it says, in response to the message today, I'm interested in serving. And I want you to maybe engage with the life of the community by clicking there then our pastors will respond to you. Again, I believe this is every much a part of our worship, offering ourselves to God in service for him and for the world. I'm actually gonna be silent for about the next 60 seconds because I wanna give you time and space right now to fill out that Connect card. And as you do, let us know how you wanna serve. And even if you're new and you've never filled out the Connect card, go on down. Let us know how we can pray for you. Let us know how our pastors can come alongside you in this season of life. Let's take a few moments together to respond by filling this out together. If you're still filling it out, feel free to 
complete that. For everyone else, let's pray. God, today, we're grateful and humbled for your invitation to be a part of your family. God, today, we're thankful for the challenge for all of us, whatever we're at on our journey with you, to lean in and to engage more with your word, with your life, with your community, and all that you've done for us and the people you've put us in family in relation to. God, help us to be a people that move from the bib to the apron to ask how we can serve the world around us. God, I pray that as people engage as they serve, they would see the eternal significance and meaning that is connected to it that they will be a part of somebody's journey, of them coming to know you, of their own baptism and seeking you and taking those next steps. God, would you reveal that to each one of us as we serve in our own special way? And God, following the scripture as we do, would you make your church, would you make this church healthy and growing and full of love, as the scriptures say? We thank you for the invitation to respond to you. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. And thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.